Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I should have turned this audio down or it's going to give me a delay, but my name is Michael, and you are at a whole foundation call. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us on the iPhone android and tablet q a call a few reminders is uh please go ahead and keep yourself muted unless you are recognized by marty at this point uh you may be making noises that you are unaware of and there are often people on these calls that are hard of hearing the whole foundation was founded in 1962 to serve people with sight loss. We invite you to join us at our blind-friendly campus just outside of Portland, Oregon at one of our seminars or getaways we offer throughout the year. The big raffle is here with prizes like a weekend at the beach or $200 uh, gift uh, $200 cash. For more information about this and our sight loss seminars, please stay tuned to the end and make sure to get your writing devices ready. Now, it is my pleasure to introduce Marty Sobo, who's going to go ahead and introduce everyone and let us know uh, what we're doing today. So, Marty, welcome. Hello. Thank you, Michael. So, my name is Marty, and today, Michael and I are going to try and answer your tech questions to the best of our ability. So, most of the time, it's you know phones and tablet type things, but we'll see what you guys have and do our best to answer your questions. And, and I was about to say, is Teresa also here still? Yes, I'm here. Uh, well, I also wanted to introduce you guys to Teresa. She's here. She's going to be assisting us. So, Teresa, say hello. Hello, everybody. And Teresa, can you go ahead and go over the Zoom commands for people who may not know them? I certainly can do that. So, uh, lots of hand raisings. All right. If you're on a PC, to mute and unmute, Alt-A. If you want to raise your hand, it's Alt-Y. On a Mac, it's shift, control, oh, sorry, backwards. Control, shift, A, and to raise your hand, it's um, option Y. If you're on the app, the lower left-hand corner is mute, and the lower right-hand corner is the more button, tap it, uh, flick to the left till you find raise hands. If you're on a touchtone phone, it's star six to mute and unmute and if you want to raise and lower your hand it's star nine and when you do raise your hand and start talking i will lower your hand perfect and just clarification the mac is command shift a not control shift a oh sorry i i get it i do it all the time uh and so thank you for that Teresa. i also wanted to i forgot i was trying to open things at the same time uh to thank acb for hosting this call and acb media for streaming the call and it looks like i believe we have some questions correct Ju Teresa? two hands jewel is first then uh greg go ahead jewel Oh, I didn't 100% hear my name, so I wasn't, I was making sure that it was me. No problem. Yep, um, you. So to get us started, I do not have a problem. I have a question for um, just um, an overview. Um, so I have used IFTTT before, if this and that, 
and I have used shortcuts before. And I was curious what your thoughts were on when to use shortcuts and when to use IFTTT and what the benefits of each are. So you want me to take this, Marty, or do you got it? Le- I'll say a couple things real quick, and then I'll pass it over to you, Michael. Um, what I was going to say with shortcuts, the thing that I find that they happen to be really, really good at are invoking an action if you, for example, don't want to go through the entire menu bar or if you don't want to have any auditory noises. So, for example, let's say that uh, I'm about to start a meeting and I don't want my phone go, you know, buzzing and doing all of that stuff, or I don't want to say out loud with Siri, you know, do not disturb, things like that. You know, a shortcut is really good because you can just tap it and it will invoke the action and nobody really knows that you've done anything or has to hear any of your auditory. Uh, another thing is a lot of people that use their devices are maybe have a little bit of vision and they could see their device without using voiceover just a little bit. So that's another way to quickly turn on and off voiceover without making any sounds like Siri or having to navigate through all the way to the settings to turn it on and off. So those are the kinds of things I find that it's really good for. Uh, Michael, you want to talk about your experiences with it? Oh, yes, I do. Automation is where my passion lies. If I don't have to keep doing it, then I'm going to find a way to automate that. So IFTTT is great if you want to connect multiple services. Shortcuts is great if you want to be more on device or if you want to do some programming with APIs. Uh, For me, if I need to... So I use shortcuts every single day. I trigger a shortcut. I say, hey, S person, I'm not going to say it because it's not that time yet it's time for dishes that triggers a shortcut that an application on my phone called timery uh, is used so it'll start a dishes timer it will then resume playback of my last listen to media because i always like to listen to something while i'm doing dishes and then when i'm done i say hs it's or hs i'm done that will stop any active timer so i have another timer that does podcast and so when I'm editing a podcast, I run that uh, uh, toggle, but it'll stop any active running timer, stop the media because I'm done listening to the media that I'm listening to, if if I, if any is playing, and then all of that data is kept uh, in synchronous. So for me, doing things on my device, my iPhone, I don't use an iPad uh, or on the Mac. I haven't played with shortcuts, shortcuts as much on the Mac, um, but if I'm doing something on the device, shortcuts is the answer for me. If I'm connecting multiple tools, so I have a Dropbox folder that I watch, and uh, Dropbox will alert me, but I prefer to get, for this specific folder, a text message that says, hey, there's something new in this folder. So IFTTT is a tool that will watch Dropbox. When a new file is added to that folder, it will send me a text message and tell me, hey, there's a new file in this folder. Uh, In addition, there's also some other automations that I've ran in the past. I'm not running them right now, but the thing, the, the biggest difference between shortcuts and IFTTT is IFTTT happens automatically. If this happens, then make this happen. Uh, Where shortcuts, you have to either trigger it with an action, tapping it, or with your voice. So hopefully that helps a little bit and doesn't add additional confusion. 
Thank you. That does help. And I hope that that helps other people as well. And if you go into your actual shortcuts app itself, you'll see that some of the, you know, basic ones, you know, for example, turning on and off voiceover or, you know, things like that are already in there and you could use some of them are great. There's so many already in there. So if you're just learning how to use it, there's uh, a lot of stock already pre-made shortcuts in the app that can do a lot of really cool stuff. And and then we'll go on to the next question after I throw this out there. One other thing about shortcuts is you don't have to, and I kind of misspoke, you don't have to say or do something, but it is things that happen on your device. So I use a tool called Waterminder to track how much coffee I shouldn't be drinking or how much water I need to be drinking. And I have NFC stickers both on the Keurig and on the water filter system that we use in our fridge. So if I just tap my phone on the water filter system, that will trigger a short cut on my phone that logs 20 ounces of water because I only fill up 20 ounce water cups in that filter system. If I tap my phone against the NFC sticker on the top of the Keurig, then that will log 12 ounces of coffee because I'm not going to get water out of the Keurig. I'm going to get coffee out of it. So it uh, helps make your life a little easier. And those NFTs, I think that's what you said. NFC, um, near those, field communication. NFC, yeah. Are those specific types that... Nope. that no, just any NFCs? Yep. I bought a 12-pack on Amazon for like 8 bucks, 10 bucks, something cool. like that. Cool. Okay. They're Thank blank, you. That's and then you can program them to do whatever you want. Yep. All righty, well, thanks, Teresa. Sure. Who's next? Greg is next. All right, Greg. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good. Hello, I have a question. Um, ever since I upgraded to, uh, I believe it's iOS 15-point-something, um, my phone doesn't allow incoming calls unless I have the phone number saved in my phone and I've checked and I do not have the, the silence unknown calls enabled. Do you guys, have you heard of that? Um, yes, sort of. So I will say, and Michael, you can chime in. Nope. This is all as you well. I was just going to say, I have not. So go for it. <laughs> so, like you said, they you have the you know the option that you can turn on so it will block unknown callers, yeah. uh, and that usually works pretty good. But also, what's happening is that with the robocalls and all that stuff running rampant, they block calls at the cellular level, at the service provider's level. So what that means is, you know, the service provider is trying to figure out what it thinks is spam. So for example, let's say you get a call and it says like unknown caller or unknown caller ID or stuff like that. A lot of times they're going to try and block that, you know, at the cellular level, which means you don't have any control. They're trying to go, oh, this looks like spam. We're just going to block it and send it straight to voicemail or not let it go through. So what I would do is talk to your service provider and let them know what you're having, what that issue is and see if there's something they can do for you. Cause aside from the block unknown callers feature, if it's still, if that's off and you're still uh, having issues, then it may be at the cellular level or service okay, yeah. providers level. Okay. And yeah, I have had I, uh... that problem, but there's nothing I can do really. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, uh, I have a, uh... Uh, the team of doctors that will call me from multiple different numbers 
and it always goes to voicemail when they try to call me and they, my one doctor is like, did you get a new number or something like, did your number get changed? Cause it goes to voicemail every time we call you. Um, yeah. I Greg, mean they, one thing to oh, check sorry, is make sure you don't make sure you don't have any focus modes enabled because that could be negatively impacting your experience on the phone as well. Okay. Or if, yeah. or if do not disturb is on, that could be an issue as well. Okay. Right now, I don't see any other hands. So if uh, you actually, do... I wanted to say one other thing. To, was it Greg? Was that your name, sir? Yep. Yes. You know, another thing you want to check is look in your focus modes, like Michael was saying, and make sure you don't have any timer set to where maybe it comes on its on its own, like at a certain period of time. You know, maybe it thinks you're busy or wants to go on at ten o'clock in the morning because you're at work or something like that. So sometimes those are by default set, and they just do it behind the scenes and you don't realize it. So I would look at that as well. Yeah, if you have okay. a calendar event scheduled, I don't even remember. Maybe one of the I see Herbie's on here, so maybe uh, we can pick on him, but one of the other iOS users can tell us too. I have noticed that when I have a calendar event, again, I may have set this up, my phone automatically goes into uh, work focus mode. So that could be it too, is if you're in a scheduled calendar event, that could be what's messing with it. But oh, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yep. I think we do have another hand. Liz. Greg. You can unmute Liz. I'm going to go ahead and send a request to ask you to unmute Liz. And you got to make sure you got the got it button, because if you don't get the got it, then you won't be able to get unmuted. And while Liz is working. Now I got it. Now I got it. Already. The little, the little thing, the, the right little window didn't pop up. Okay. Um, I have got also a problem and it may be related to my provider. I will be right out front. I'm with Consumer Cellular. If they do any call blocking, we know nothing about it. They are cheap, and they demonstrate this by knowing nothing about what they block and about knowing nothing about technical support. So I've been on with them for several years, and I'm considering leaving and going anywhere. Um, but having said that, what's driven me crazy is that they use the AT&T towers. They lease some of the AT&T tower um, bandwidth around here. That's how they, you know, get their calls in and out. And um, my problem is that when somebody calls me or when I call somebody, there's what I've come to refer to as the Martian time slip, where for about three seconds, I will say hello I know you can hear me. I can't hear you yet. Just keep speaking because sooner or later, your voice will be something I can hear. Please say something so we can do this. And eventually, when I get to about that point, I will be able to hear the person on the call. Now, since upgrading, and I thought, oh, God, maybe when I upgrade to iOS 15 <coughs> on my iPhone 11, this problem will go away. Well, it didn't really go away, but what I'm noticing now is that when I call somebody, and I can, I have trouble hearing them sometimes, and what I have to do is I have to push the volume button on every call. Can somebody help me? Liz, are you using AirPods, or is this from the phone oh, itself directly? No, no, this is just from the phone, the speaker. Okay, okay, because I have not encountered this from my phone directly. I have from my AirPod Pros. 
and it makes me want to throw them in the garbage. But I haven't yet. So, um, have you seen this, Marty? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes to a few different issues like we were talking with uh, Greg about where some of it could be a weird setting. Some of it could be at the cellular, you know, service provider level. One other thing, as I'm listening to you, I would ask you uh, the phone that you currently have. Uh, what model is it out of curiosity? It's an iPhone 11. And at this point, I've got call. Um, I'm on Wi-Fi calling. Now, I could come off Wi-Fi calling. Uh, well, well, yes, Wi-Fi calling is good. Like, for example, at my house, I have my phone on Wi-Fi calling because if I don't, I have zero cellular service. Nobody would be able to get through to me ever. There's not even like one bar at my house. But when I go onto Wi-Fi, it works really good and I never have a problem. But Uh, the reason I was asking what model phone you have is because every time you get a new phone, do you back your phone up and then, you know, from your previous phone or – Yeah, Yeah, no, I back it up. I backed up my last one and I brought everything over here. Yeah, so sometimes when you continuously back your phone up and then bring it over to a new phone all the time. Well, I don't upgrade that much. I was really slow. I have long periods between my upgrades. I, I wait like four years and then I upgrade. Right. Well, sometimes you carry over maybe a software conflict or something weird from the previous uh, operating system or the previous well, you know, I, let me let me say this it worked i upgraded it worked really fine i upgraded in december of 29 of 2019 just before the pandemic kids it was amazing um upgraded my phone it worked beautifully until about i would say roughly the fall of 2021 when i started having this um this problem with the inaudible stuff. Now, originally, I, I would have this problem hearing people when they called me, but also I wouldn't be able to hear my answering machine messages really well. I will tell you that in the latest upgrade, I no longer have to listen to my answering machine messages by reading the transcript, which is not like a good solution. So I, don't, I will be happy to check any and all settings. Just give me some hints. We're on a treasure hunt, folks. It's just mm-hmm. weird. I would uh, definitely go through the same settings that we talked about with uh, Greg. You know, look at your focus modes, see if there's any timers that are on or anything that's, you know, invoking a weird thing. Uh, I would make sure that you don't have do not disturb on. Oh, no, I don't have that on. I would, you know, and also it might just be the service you might want to look into something not a- AT&T and see if they have better service in your life. Oh, no, I was, I was formerly with Verizon. I get that. I think it may very well have something to do with the service. I, um, Verizon's got problems in this area, but I'm considering getting another phone service for sure. I, I think it, there is this, the only thing that, Consumer Cellular has to recommend itself as they're incredibly cheap. And frankly, Spectrum even is offering incredibly cheap cell. Do you know anything about the Spectrum? Oh, hey, I, 
I hate Spectrum as a matter of principle. The, the nice thing about Spectrum, and it depends on your area, Liz, um, is Spectrum does kind of the same thing that Consumer Cellular does, except they lease airtime from Verizon and not AT&T. So if you don't have good Verizon service where you are, Spectrum may not be the best solution for you. Actually, we've got pretty good Verizon service so, here. And, so then and, that would be a good solution. Yeah, probably. and my sense is that uh, in rural areas um, – uh, Verizon is beats everything else, including AT&T. I've had people with AT&T problems in this area, so it could very well be the carrier at the carrier level rather than anything in my in my phone settings. You can also um, look at Visible, the company Visible. They are a Verizon. They use Verizon service, but they're a private uh, entity. Uh, yeah. And they're usually a lot cheaper than the big three. So that might be something to look at too. Yeah, if you don't want to go Spectrum. Well, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about going Spectrum just because they annoy me so much. And because I've already got a Spectrum account anyways, you know, um, that kind of deal. I don't use my phone a lot to do streaming that I would need where I'm not on my Wi-Fi, you know, that kind yeah. of deal especially now that we've got the pandemic and people are just not running around as much. So I don't need my phone to do really extensive service and I'm really willing to go for cheap, but I'm not willing to go for like cheap. We're broken all the time. And I was, and then when yeah. I first talked to them, they said, I know I'm taking up time on this, but I'll, I'll, I'll shut up soon. They said, Oh, well, we're upgrading the towers to 5g. Well, this has been going on. They can't possibly have been upgrading the towers for nine months. I mean, well, maybe they could, but, um, I'm not sure I'm going to wait until I die to have it end. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Liz. We appreciate it. Have a good uh, rest of your day. Hopefully you can get it figured out. Hi, I was asked to unmute. I think that was accidental. Yeah, I probably accidentally hit the button, Joel. Okay. Do you have a question? Well, no, I did because oh, your oh. hand was raised. Oh, okay. Um, I just had a quick comment for Liz and anybody else who wanted to change services. If you want a Verizon service, you don't want to pay the Verizon prices. There is a company called Visible. Um, it is $40 unlimited everything and no throttling on um, cellular data. Uh, $40 unlimited talk, text, and data per month. And, and it goes through Verizon's only, towers, actually. Exactly. They use Verizon's network. Um, the only difference is they do not have customer service on the phone. It is through chat only. I've not had an issue with that. They're always helpful on the chat. So and, that's what I use, and I love it. And I appreciate you bringing that up, Jewel. One additional thing with Visible that, that some people are aware of, you can actually get that unlimited we are not sponsored by visible you can actually get that <laughs> unlimited plan down to 25 dollars a month if you partner with up to four with at least four other people and the nice oh, thing about cool. visible is they will let each person enter their billing information so it's not just one person paying for it uh so oh. visible is a good alternative uh, if you have a couple of friends that are interested in saving money on their stuff yeah, and that's unlimited well. everything for yep. 25 bucks for four people that's pretty awesome yeah yeah so Thank you. Right. Who do we have it. next? Thanks, guys. Hey. We appreciate it. Muhammad is next, and then Herbie. Muhammad. Hey, guys. It's hey, uh, how are you? It's Ibrahim. How are you? So, um, uh, um, I downloaded the Net News as Mighty recommended, and I got started with that. 
and I'm having some trouble for some reason. I go to the websites to look for a couple of RSS feeds, and I'm not finding them on several websites. I'm just wondering if there's something I'm missing, Marty. Yeah. Uh, so when you get to a website, for example, yeah. it may yeah. not always be on the first page, or they may not call it a blog. They may call it a news. You know, in the menu bar, once you get to a website. It may be called news or it may be called blog or it may be called, I mean, they have uh, some different names for it. Um, You just got to kind of take the time and some don't have it, by the way. Some just don't do RSS. I also subscribed to a couple of feeds and for some reason after subscribing to them, I didn't get any, um, any items from those feeds, right? They stayed at zero. Weird. Uh, that means they're probably either not updating or maybe what you picked wasn't an R. Uh, I can't speak today. Wasn't an RSS feed. Um, it, it was like I went on um, a post, for example, uh-huh. and I picked uh, food and travel. Both of them were RSS feed. Uh, what do you call it? Addresses, web addresses. It opened NetNewsWire and I added them. And then a couple minutes later to go check them. Uh, they were still empty, even the next day. So I'm just wondering if they don't update or if there's something I need to do in NetNewsWire to update the whole feed. I'm not sure. You know what I'll do? I'll give you a call, and you and I can look at it together and see if we can try a couple things to make it happen Okay, for you. I, I will appreciate that. I look forward yeah, to your call. I'll give you a call, and we'll try and figure it out. Okay, I appreciate it. Have a good day, guys. Yeah, no problem. Thank hey, you. Herbie is next. Herbie, Hi. welcome. Welcome, thank you. So if it's okay, just something else that Liz had brought up with her um, question that she'd mentioned having an issue with is her volume control. And I was wondering, Liz, something that occurred to me, like you said, you had to raise the volume when you're on a phone call. Have you tried using your phone on another app that uses the earpiece, like FaceTime Audio, Zoom, WhatsApp, to see if you have the same issue because there could be something else going on that with the regards to the volume that's not related to your cell service and I so actually, get good FaceTime. Yes, that is a good concept. On FaceTime I can hear people much better and we don't we don't have that little thing in the beginning where there's you know, three or four seconds where they can't where I can't hear them. So FaceTime okay. it works great. Well, so um, one thing I'll chime in with is each thing like Zoom, FaceTime, Siri, a phone yeah. call, they all have their own separate volume. So yeah. like FaceTime may be great. Your phone calls might be bad for some weird reason. Maybe the volume's down. I don't know. Yeah, but another thought I had is because like I had a situation with my uh, – well, because I actually was just thinking because like I had a situation with my iPhone 11 where – something actually got into the earpiece or whatever and so like anything coming through the earpiece itself was really muffled and it didn't matter yeah, yeah, whether it was the phone or FaceTime so that, that's why I just thought I'd uh, mention no, that it's a, it's a good diagnostic I appreciate any clues because all of this I, gives me information I do have a suggestion for you Liz now this the, let me preface this with if you don't know your Wi-Fi password don't do this but oh, no, you I can know. go and reset your network settings and see if that fixes the connection to the cell phone towers and you do that under settings general reset and then click on tap on reset network settings yeah and then i'll have to 
um, reintroduce my uh, my password. Yep, you would have to re-enter um, your Wi-Fi password for any Wi-Fi networks because it'll clear yeah. all those out. But that will force the cell phone to re-register with the cell phone towers. Right. Now, I believe that I have already done that in the past, but it doesn't mean that doing it again is a bad idea. I mean, that is a... Mm -hmm. That is a way to do it. And yes, I do know my password and I can I can redo that. So I like to hear that. You'd be surprised how many out. people yeah, yeah, do the bad. reset and then are like, oh, I don't know my Wi-Fi password. Oh, no, Oops. You need to really write that down. And you know what? If you need to keep it on a piece of Braille paper, that's fine. But yep. you need to have that somewhere safe. A keychain is also another good place to store your Wi-Fi, another password. So that way it's right there on your phone. Um, good point. Oh, good Be point. Yeah, yes. keychain is good. Keychain is a very good resource for all your you know, password management. It does have a downside if you're using Windows. But there are ways to work around that, which actually that does remind me of a question I do have. Um, I know there's... Oh, are we done with the uh, your thing, Liz? Because actually, you have a kind of an interesting question. Oh, it's eternal. No, I appreciate all the info. <laughs> Keep going on to yours. So I I remember now that there's a way to use Keychain on Chrome with Windows, but I always draw a blank. Is it the? Are you supposed to use the Chrome app from the Windows App Store and the regular iCloud, or are you supposed to use the iCloud app from the Windows Store and the regular Chrome? I always get mixed you, up. I believe, if I remember right, you use the. Uh, uh, iCloud control panel from the store and it will prompt you to install the add-on for Chrome. All right. And then you use the regular Chrome, not the Windows App Store. Correct. Chrome. All right. And, and, and that does make it available because it is an add-on to Edge browser right. as well. We oh, may have to Edge go well. through okay. that in slow motion. Herbie, I'm making a note, knows how to do this. Okay. I may need those instructions again. It involves navigating the Windows App Store, and I know this is going beyond iOS, but I'll just, you know, you have to install the iCloud control panel from the Windows App Store, and the App Store involves your heavy use of the tab key. Yes. That's, that's good. I will, I will go back and do that when I, have it, when I have a chance. Thank you. Yep. All right, guys. Well, I Thanks, Herbie. Uh, appreciate it. Good to see you. Hey, Anthony is next. All right, Anthony. So I have just a tiny bit of background noise. Sorry about that. Um, I I'm curious, does the keychain, if you're using it for other passwords, does it automatically save your Wi-Fi password or is there something extra you have to do for it to save it? Herbie, I'm going to pull on your knowledge because I'm not certain because I don't use keychain. You, I use one password. Okay, so are you talking about like directly in the router or are you talking about other things? When you're entering in a password. Like that? What was that, Herbie? When you're entering in a password. So oh, got it. Okay. As it's been a while since I've done this. I don't think it will do it by default. I think you actually have to, what you'll have to do is go into settings and passwords and add it in manually. But you can just make sure you label it something so you know what it is, like my Wi-Fi or something like that, so you can easily find it. And I... Now, the other question, though, is which I don't recall off the top of my head, Will, um, can you pull that the keychain up in the Wi-Fi password field? Well, you would still at least have a way of looking it up. If nothing else, it'd be a pain. I think it, it also depends what operating system you have running also. They're a little different yeah. from operating system to operating system. They are. But I think you will have to do it manually. And the nice thing, though, about keychain, though... Um, 
And I noticed, but something I did notice actually with iOS 15 regarding Keychain, um, when you look at the password now, as by default, it shows as en- it as encrypted unless you actually open the file. And then you can see the password uh, visibly. So I thought that was rather interesting because it used to just display it openly on both things. But um, now when you uh, actually look at the passwords and pa- like um, if you like say go to maybe you have Google, it'll kind of say one thing. And then when you actually double tap on the Google password to show more information, that's when you can see it uh, as an unencrypted password. So um, if that makes sense. Other Thanks, option, if I may jump in. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so there's another option. There's an app called Assist Eyes Wallet. Um, it is intended for storing like your card information, your state ID, all that stuff. The information is stored locally. It does not go to a database or anything. Um, and but you can put whatever you want in there. So like I have on there. Obviously, have it elsewhere. But like my Google password, my um, bank password. Those are stored locally on my phone through the Sysdice Alt Wallet, and it has a pin that you have to put in at the beginning to get into those. Um, that's called Assist Eyes Wallet. It's like three okay. bucks, but I think it's worth it. So the night, what I do want to mention about Keychain, though, and that's great if your iPhone is your only device. Um, but what's great about Keychain, I mean, it does rely on your Face ID, but the fact that it's stored in your iCloud means, like, I am. I also have a Mac, and so I can access my passwords that way if I need to, especially the Safari ones. And so sometimes right. that universal access can really come in handy. Um, yeah, this but, is not a replacement for Keychain. It's more of if you're right. worried about it being out there in the cloud somewhere like my um, credit card information or something. I'm not so sure I want that on the cloud because it's hacked. Yeah, the credit card information works a little differently than the passwords, but right. yeah. So I have that stored locally on my phone. Yeah. Only, and I can go in there and copy and paste if I need to, but you know, it's very secure. It's not stored anywhere but my phone. So for and something like that. Eyes yeah. Wallet? Assist Eyes Wallet. Assist yeah. Eyes Wallet. Okay. Yeah, it's intended for the blind, fully accessible. It's intended to be like a digital wallet. You put all your card information there and stuff. Um, I use it for other stuff as well because it's like basically secure notes. All right. Perfect. Cool. I'm going to go ahead and interrupt here real quick and say if you have a question, feel free to raise your hand because otherwise this is turning into a roundtable conversation, which isn't a problem, but we'd like to make sure to answer your questions if you have them as well. Now I'm going to throw my two cents in and say I use one password because I'm on Android all the time too. So that's the main reason why I use that one over Keychain. Hello, Cindy. I asked to unmute. Okay. There Hello. Hey, how are you doing? I'm I'm pretty good. How are you? Good, good. What can we do for you? I have an iOS question. I have a an iOS uh, XS, and I also have an iOS twelve. Um, iPhone. iPhone. Yeah. And how how do you get the phone to go from like one like instead of like going and seeing the top picture on the top of the phone how do you get it to go sideways to make the picture bigger like the landscape and are you talking about like a wallpaper or a background or 
No, I talk about like regular, like if you're watching YouTube or you know a movie or something like that, and you want to and you want to change it to get from to get you want to make it instead of being vertical, you want to make it horizontal so the video is wider. Yes. How do I so, do that? Well, so normally you can just turn your phone; it does it automatically, but. There would be two places that you can look to see if uh, they have a lock to prevent it from doing that. And depending on your older phone, I believe it's on the side above the rocker bar. And then the other place, if it's not there, would be inside your control center. There oh. is a thing called uh, lock, lock rotation. You want to make sure that's not locked. Okay. If that's not locked, then if the thing that you're looking at has the ability to be able to go in either landscape mode or uh, uh, vertical mode, horizontal or vertical portrait. mode, portrait, portrait, yeah, I don't know if that. I... Anyway, um, that's how you would do it. The only caveat to that is not every single thing out there, in terms of either an app or maybe a website you go to, will uh, rotate. So if it doesn't. Then it might be where you're at, but for everything else, most things it should do that. All right, thank you. Yep, no problem. And sometimes you have to be in full screen mode if you're in some of the video apps. That is true. No more hands right now. Oh no! Does Cindy raised have... her hand again. Okay. Oh, I, thought, no, I thought you guys I... wanted me to fill up oh, dead no. air. I go. Sorry. Thank you. No worries. Oh, we got someone just came in. Oh, we don't have a hand? I thought we had a hand. Anthony. Go ahead, hey, Anthony. Yeah, I just raised my hand again. So recently, I'm not sure if it's the current update with um, iOS or if it started with the last update, but recently I've been experiencing, if I'm in the middle of um, doing something in an app, I won't get notified that I'm getting an incoming call. Luckily, my iPad rings, and, and usually wherever I am, the iPad is not that far away, so I, I understand that there's a phone call coming in. Sometimes it won't even allow me to double tap on the screen to answer the phone call. I literally have to pick it up on the iPad. Is that um, a bug that they're looking to fix? And secondary, when I'm in an app, a lot of times also, I'm not getting messages the notifications for messages either. Wow. So the first question is when the phone rings, you were talking about your phone ringing, but you're not getting any kind of notification or anything like that. So uh, it doesn't make sound or uh, it doesn't ring. What no exactly? Ring, no haptic. I'm, I'm, I felt along the screen to see if there was a banner or something. I'm not finding it. I'm not saying that it's not there, but I haven't been finding it. So do you do like a two-finger double tap to answer the phone when it rings? Yes, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. So the only way you know if a phone call is coming in is because your iPad makes an auditory noise, and you can hear it, and then you look at your phone, and you can see there's a call, right? No, it doesn't show up. Like what it, well, I tapped around and slid around the whole screen looking to see if there's something notifying me. I'm not finding anything. Hmm. I wonder if you also have a 
sorry. a focus or a do not disturb situation going on, I would check those settings. Um, also, the caller ID, you know, the one where uh, block unknown callers, I would check that. I would just go through and check everything and make sure that, uh, that it's all copacetic in terms of things aren't on that you don't realize that are on or have a timer that is causing it to go on and you're not realizing it like focus or do not disturb. My other question to you is, do you ever just shut your phone off and then restart it again? Do you ever do that? I do every couple of days. Oh, wow. Okay. That's more than most people do. Um, so you were saying focus. I, I checked do not disturb. There's nothing going on there. What do you mean by a focus setting? So what they did, it used to be only uh, basically two options. It was called do not disturb. And it was, you know, you would turn it on and all of your notifications and everything would get silenced until you turned it off. When you turned it back off again, you should go back to all your regular ringing and notifications and whatever you have set up. Now, in this current operating system, they've changed that to focus mode. And it still has do not disturb, but it also has all of these other profiles like, you know, at work or at home or go to sleep or all these different ones. And some of them have timers, like, for example, go to sleep, turn your phone on, do not disturb or focus mode as the new definition is at six o'clock. And then don't come back on until, you know, six o'clock in the morning the next day. So, if any of those are invoked and have a timer that you don't realize, then uh, you might want to check those. And you can do that by going into settings and go to focus. And you'll see there's a whole bunch of different profiles. You can make new ones, use the stock ones that are there, delete the ones that are there if you don't like them and make your own. There's a whole bunch of them. So that could be a thing. And any idea about the, the message notifications? Um... That's all, that also could be influenced by your focus mode settings. Okay. Right. Thank you so much. Yep, no problem. Okay, Jill has her hand raised, but because she's gone before, we're going to go to Desiree. Okay. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I have a weird question, if you know the answer. Okay, we'll try. <laughs> I'm trying trying to figure out how to get to the SIM card tray on my Android tablet. Michael. <laughs> uh, so I can't help you with that. And, and the main reason I say that is because it does defer on each uh, uh, different tablet where the SIM card tray is actually located. Now, are you able to find it and you just can't get the SIM card out or you can't even find the tray? Can't even find the tray. Gotcha. So here's what I would do. Do you have an iPhone? I do not. Okay. Do you have an Android phone? I do. Okay. So use the Be My Eyes application and install it. And under the specialized support is Google. And what I would do is call Google uh, through Be My Eyes. They can take a look at the tablet and let you know if they're able to determine where the SIM card slot is. And if not, because it is a Android-related device, they may have additional resources than what I have. Okay. Uh, I can do where, that. Where... Did you get like who's your service provider and did you get your phone through that service provider? No, uh, well, actually, it's one of it's, it's that free government tablet. So, 
not all of them have like a physical SIM card. They have what's like called a virtual SIM, which still allows you to do the same feature, but uh, it's uh, like a virtual thing that if you decide to activate it, they do it at the point of the service provider. It doesn't actually, they don't all now actually have a tray that you pull out and put a card in. Not that yours does or does not, I'm not sure, but that if you absolutely cannot find it, that might also be a thing. So that's why I was saying if you knew where you bought it, you could call the provider and ask. But this is actually on your tablet, right? Right. Well, what I want to do is put an SD card in it, but it looks like it doesn't even support that. It may not. Now, what kind of a phone do you have? I have a, I have a Moto G Power. So what you might be able to do to resolve the issue is find out on your phone if you can turn your phone into a hotspot. And then if you can do that, then you can use your tablet through your phone and you wouldn't need a SIM card for your tablet at all. You could just use Wi-Fi to locate your phone and then you wouldn't even have to pay for like an extra data plan or anything like that. You could just use it when you need to use it and use it through your phone. If your phone has the capability of being able to turn to a hotspot. It does, It does. but uh, the, I, the service on my tablet's free. With the cellular? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a couple of government programs out there that, that provide free cell service. So that would be honestly my best bet for you, Desiree, is to reach out to Google and they'll be able to give you more direct assistance. And that's the, the easiest way to get a hold of an actual human at Google is through Be My Eyes. Alrighty, I'll give that a try. Best of luck. I do see two hands here. Uh, we see you, Jewel, but I'm going to go to Sierra. Uh, Sierra, I think that's how you say your Sierra. name. Sierra, I think. Sierra. Like the high Sierra. Perfect, Sierra. Go ahead with your question. Hi. Um. So, I have an I have an Apple Watch and an iPhone. I was wondering, whenever you have the Apple Watch on your wrist, is there a way to when you get a text message, um, so that it doesn't go to your Apple Watch, but it goes to your iPhone? Because sometimes my iPhone doesn't ding, but my Apple Watch does. So since Marty didn't jump in, I'll jump in here. Um, so you, if I'm understanding correctly, you want to uh, only receive messages on your phone and not on your watch. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm going to try it. So what you can do in the watch application on your iPhone, and I've, I've customized mine heavily because I don't want to get interrupted on my watch unless it's something very important. Yeah, Otherwise, it'll break my to. distraction or my concentration. So you can go in and customize notifications in the watch app. Go to watch and then notifications, and you can pick and choose what items are notified to you on the on the watch and you can just turn those off and then if you want then uh, your messages won't be shared on your watch as notifications but then you can still open the messages application on the watch if you want to see your messages um and and if you don't even want that i don't know if you can remove messages from the watch but you can go through and pick and choose what applications are on the watch as well in the watch app uh so yeah take a look and two uh tips i'll give you as well and this is what i do on my apple watch 
on the Apple Watch control center, you can put on silence mode or mute all, and it will stop making any auditory noises. It will only vibrate on your wrist. The second thing is, if you do get a phone call and you see on your watch that you're getting a call, but you don't want to answer the phone at that time, you want to leave it and call the person back for later, you take the opposite hand and you take your palm and you place it over the glass on your watch and it will send that call to voicemail. But, but let me give you a quick tip because this cost me a new watch. I, I went and covered my wife's watch with my hand and I wear a tungsten ring. And if you tap that on the right spot of the screen, it will shatter the entire screen. So I had to buy her a new uh, Apple Watch 7. I think she was just playing with me so she could get a new watch and told me that's what happened. You know, I think you got set up. I, I think I did too, Marty. I that's think funny. I did too. <laughs> well, thank you, Sierra. Hopefully that helped. It looks like Thanks. next will be Jewel. Yes. I've asked her to unmute. Hey, um, I'm perfectly okay with going to other people because, yeah, I can talk, take over if not. <laughs> it's your um, turn, though. So, You're the only one. Yeah, I figured that, which is why I'm okay with that. Because, um, yeah, I don't have to worry about it then. Um, so I use a Bluetooth keyboard with my phone which I absolutely love doing. It's a Logitech K380. In case anybody's interested, that it can be used with multiple devices, which I love. One? What's that? Is that the folding one? No, it's not. This is a mini keyboard, though. Um, it is like uh, half the size of a regular keyboard. Mm -hmm. It's the K380. Um, oh, the 480 cool. is similar, but is a full-size keyboard in case somebody wanted that. Um, but I found the the 480 is too heavy in the front because um, it has a space for holding a device, but gotcha. then it has to have weight for that. So it's too heavy for me. Uh, anyway, so using a keyboard with my phone is usually amazing. However, I have noticed that it, sometimes the cursor gets stuck and I have to actually tap the screen to fix that, which kind of negates the purpose of having a keyboard. Um especially when I'm using a Bluetooth speaker as well and my keyboard's in my room charging and I have the speaker and keyboard and I'm using my phone from another room. You could just go into your settings and just turn off the cursor mode. Then the cursor won't show up anymore, like the you know, the pointer or whatever. Oh, no, this is um, the invisible cursor with voiceover. It's by me. Oh, sorry. The, voiceover. the voiceover cursor. Yeah, okay, so like, for example, if I'm in a website, um, there are some websites, like if I... Um, if I go into my inbox on a, on a forum um, that I go on and sometimes it'll just like there's nothing there. And, but when I tap the screen, there is a bunch of there. Um, there uh, some apps, when I open it, it goes up into the, um, the con top bar. control bar panel, the, the phone, you know, the, the, status the bar. yeah, the status bar. Thank you. So it mm -hmm. goes up into the status bar and, um, you know, that's annoying and I don't know how to fix that. So, I'm trying to picture in my head what exactly is 
happening. So I have observed this. I've been playing around with the Orbit Rider a little bit, and I do have a Bluetooth keyboard here. One of the things that I have been able to do when the keyboard does get stuck in the status bar or it's not actually reading elements uh, on the page, because I have seen this, and this is just a workaround that sometimes works, is to press the equivalency of the control option keys, which are your voiceover keys, mm -hmm. followed by the letter M, which will force yeah. it to go to your status bar and then press it again, which forces it to leave the status bar. And sometimes that works. Yeah. Sometimes the only thing I can do is tap the screen. Is tap the if screen. I hit the yep. home screen, if I tap control, uh, command option H or command mm -hmm. H and option M, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's I've weird. Yeah. Are you on 15? I am on the latest version yeah. of 15. Yeah. I've updated there was even version. one that came in just like two days ago. Really? Yeah. I don't even know I mean, anymore because I'm on beta. Be so. working with Apple. I, I might be on that one. And I've got automatic updates. So I was actually surprised that. that it came out just randomly like two or three days ago. Well, I could probably. Because a week prior things. they had one come out, a big one. Yeah. They were working really hard on a voiceover bug that was making Safari unusable for voiceover. So it might have had something to do with that because that fixed the issue. Oh, good, good. Because they were really upset that I, like, I told them I'm no longer using Safari because of the bug. I've gone to Brave. They yeah. seemed a little upset with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jewel, unfortunately, I only have that slight workaround. And yeah. It is, yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes so, with, with technology, things happen that can't be explained. Yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm not sure what to do with that, and uh, I'll just keep working with Apple on it. Perfect. Uh, we have time for one more question, if anyone has one more quick question. Otherwise, I'll just keep asking if people have one more quick question. <laughs> uh, no hands yet. Yeah, I'm not seeing any hands yet. All right. Well, I will talk for a couple of minutes and then go through my closing material and then we'll wrap today up. Marty, do you have anything you want to close with before we uh, go through the spiel that I have? No, I think I'm good. Thanks everyone for coming. It's been fun and we'll see you guys again soon. Definitely. And at this time, we would like to thank the Hall Foundation and the Hall Foundation contributors and members for without their support, these calls would not be possible. This week, we do have another Zoom call. It is tomorrow, and it's the sight loss and hearing loss, a group chat. So if you're interested in that, I'll give you contact information for the Hall Foundation shortly that you can reach out to. And we are in the middle of our annual big raffle with chances to win a weekend at the Oregon Beach or $200 cash. The tickets for raffles are available until May 31st and you can give a, give us a call in a moment, uh, give you those details so you can get details about that and the Living With Sight Loss virtual convention that we want to provide you with as much information as possible to live your life on your term with efficiency. Uh, efficiency, safety, dignity, and fun. The uh, event is limited to uh, some individuals. I'll go over those numbers in a moment. And there are some partial scholarships available based on your needs. We don't want anyone turned away because of because of financial hardships and we are limiting this to 15 registrants the event is happening april 21st on a thursday from 10 to noon pacific time and friday 
April 22nd from 10 to noon. You can, if you register by April 13th to save your spot, you'll be able to get a goodie bag, goodie bag sent to you in the mail. Whole Foundation typically sends out post-show notes uh, with more information. They will not go out today because we don't keep track of questions and, and send out those in notes. So in a lot of our calls, though, the post-show notes will go out, and you can request those if you're not on our mailing list, then go ahead and give us a call. Phone number here is 503-668-6195. You can also email oralhall, O-R-A-L-H-U-L-L, at gmail.com, or visit us online at wholeparkfortheblind.org. Now, we do close up the calls on every time with a joke and, <clears throat> excuse me, with a joke and a tip to ponder. And so the joke today is, I asked my granddaughter to give me the newspaper. She said, newspapers are so out today, out of date, and she handed me her iPad. Punchline, ready for it? That fly didn't stand a chance. <laughs> and then the quote to ponder is the moment of drifting into thoughts has been so clipped by technology. Our lives are filled with distractions, with smartphones and all the rest. People are so clocked into or people are so locked into not being Present by Glenn Hansard. Hansard. Sorry, I lost my place there. So that is the call. We appreciate Whole Foundation for joining us, ACB Media for streaming us, ACB Hosting for sharing the call. And if you are interested in more information about the Whole Foundation, don't forget to check us out online at wholeparkfortheblind.org. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.